what song do you feel like kind of set the tone and the tenor for the whole project probably you got it yeah and it also set the tone for me because it was like oh i guess i'm good at producing too right it gave right. me some confidence to kind of help push so yeah by god's grace i dropped my seventh album in 2022 and i decided to call it the end it's a project i am very proud of so i wanted to make this podcast to drive home you know the heart behind everything that i wrote this is the end those podcast chapter one a fork in the road so i have a little notes file on my phone yeah. i do like to take handwritten notes most of the time but sometimes just if i just want some stuff and i'll have i have a list of like random song ideas right like a theme that i like or a scripture any or like a phrase all yeah. kind of stuff and in that notes document i have i had in there just a song based on um interaction in the gospels with jesus you know he talks about communion he's talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood and everybody freaks out everybody's like what and like yo this dude he wild wild and so they leave <laughs> and jesus looks at the disciple and one understandably they didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> Jesus loved to talk about something in a confusing manner. Right. Right. But uh, if they have ears, let them hear. And so um, the, he looks at the disciples. He's like, are y'all going to leave too? And the disciples say, where else would we go? Mm. You have the words of eternal life. Mm. And every single time I read that, it just grips me. It's like, mm. they're like, they're not just saying, nah, we, we gonna stay. But right. it's like, I don't, where else would I even go? Right. You have what I need the most. Yeah. And so I had in my notes document, I just want to do a song about that. It was one of the first songs I wrote for the album. Yeah. And I didn't think I was really going to be producing. And I thought I'll send these ideas to somebody. Right. And I sent that to long story short, Ace at the label, Michelle. And he was like, Oh, this is good. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of thought it was too, but I wasn't right. sure. <laughs> right. It was the first time somebody was like, nah, nah, like, that beat you produced was really really good and it's gonna make a dope song yeah and i had written the, the whole song at that point and um and yeah that's still one of my favorite ones mm. it was the first video we had coming back all of that but to me that concept um was really yeah was was really important and um you know because i i think there's lots of stuff all around us is always kind of pulling us away pulling us all in different right. kind of directions so for the disciples, you know, it was obviously he was he was talking about a hard teaching, um, like are you gonna go? But that sentiment of what I need at the core of who I am is found in Jesus. Right. Why am I gonna go searching for something else? Right. You know. All right. So on you got it. Um, I had um, this that idea from that passage. You know, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so I just like put in a click track and I was like, oh, where else can I go? You got it. I was like, we can just start with that. Put it on with a click track. And then just, can I go? and this is exactly what I did. What's funny it. is it was right before dinner. Like it was, I think it was probably like 627. Yeah. And I knew Jessica was like, hey, dinner's almost ready. Cause you know, I've been like taking a few minutes. And I was like, oh, I just got to do this real quick. And then, so I just recorded this to the click track. Where else can I go? You got it. You got it. 
And I was like, oh, okay, Get whatever. It. And then I just kind of made a quick little drum loop too. And, and I like the pattern. That's generally the pattern that we, that's generally the pattern that we kept. And then I wrote my verse to that, really. Oh, you wrote your verse just to yeah. Might get me up beam up that you seen in people pick, yeah. I might stack the cream so everything I want I get, yeah. Or I at least had the first ideas to it that way. And so then as yeah, this was- the music. Well, yeah, so as I was just kind of listening to well, this, and I was thinking like, okay, what do I want yeah. to happen? I was just playing on this. Yeah. I always keep this on just in case. I just want to be like, oh, what if it was? Um, and so I was Can just I started yeah. messing around with stuff and some chords I'd already been messing with, and it just. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of good. And so it was one of those things, it was like, okay, that can maybe work. And then I ran to dinner and I played it, I think, um, and then I just played it in with MIDI too. And so then I came back after dinner, just listen like I was, what is this? I was like, I was like, oh, no, those are the wrong chords. Uh, but I came back and I listened after dinner and I was like, oh no, I think this might be kind of dope. This was the first one that you put the production in. Together on of the stuff that went on my album, yeah. yes, this all was right. the first one. So yeah. after this one, did you like use this and like, all right, this is my template for creating? Do you have one like that where it's like, nah, yeah, I don't really have a template for creating because I just um, it kind of just depends on where I'm at in the moment because because I was in a season just writing stuff every day, yeah, whether or not I was gonna make it anywhere. It was just if I was inspired by something random, like oh, these chords are interesting, I'm gonna just make something right. um, because before I was making an album or thinking I was making an album, I was just, this is what I was doing. Right. So it kind of just depends on where I'm at. So one day I may be inspired by some stuff musically or production wise, other days it might be lyrically, some idea or something, kind of just depends. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter two, an exercise in following. Is, is there any times in your life where you felt, I don't know, like, pulled away or like you kind of lost sight or maybe even your conversion I don't know like anything where that sentiment is really resonated with you in a situation in your life yeah it was uh and again like not chasing bad things right yeah especially as I think about my conversion or let me just say the biggest pivot point of my entire life uh, one of them was, you know, 20 years ago this summer, Nigeria, the last time I, I was there, getting robbed at gunpoint uh, on a dirt road with my family. And this is after high school. Yeah. So done with high school, getting ready to go to school with my brother, play ball there, dating a girl I think is the girl of my dream. She's getting ready to go there. Yeah. And I remember not feeling uneasy about it, but just feeling like that's just the natural progression of life. But yeah. knowing like inside, I'm living for myself and something doesn't feel fulfilling. Yeah. And when we got robbed on, on that dirt road, it's like, a, yeah, it was strange, right? So even yeah. this summer as I'm getting ready to turn 38, it's been 20 years. 38 is an uneventful and you, birthday. You ain't been back to Nigeria since that. I haven't. 
That's crazy, bro. Yeah. That's wild. You, but it good. No, no, but it's a 38 is an uneventful birthday. Yeah. But for me, this year's special just because I think of man, the past 20 years yeah. have been like it's just been a exercise yeah. in me saying, like on that dirt road, it was all right, I I don't know what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. Yeah. But I do know if you save me and get me out of this, it's like a that commitment, like, no, I'm just gonna go where you would have me. That I'm just convinced that that's the best way. And yeah. these past 20 years have been an exercise in that. And I just think of how different that my life is as a result of that mm -hmm. one instance that yeah. none of what I've learned to love and enjoy about what God has done through my life, I wouldn't have even been on that road had not. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So like in the video for you got it. It's right. like I'm doing like over the top rapper stuff yeah. and sitting on throwing the money. Right, right. You know, in front of this beamer and, you know, doing this crazy video and all of that. It's fun. Wearing a Gucci sweatsuit. But in my life, that's not particularly what I feel tempted towards. Right. So and for most of us, that's not that's not an option to feel tempted towards right. you know wearing super yeah. you know sitting on thrones of money and stuff like what do you what do you think are some of the sneaky things that like threaten to pull us away yeah from from jesus or the things that are like hey i know you got that over here but there's also this and yeah you know if you just right. make a few shifts you could have something like this yeah like, yeah so for me i'll go first and lead the way in transparency and then we'll come back <laughs> to it now but for me as the years have gone on and you know have had a kid and starting to think about schooling and things like that for her. For me, it's the it's the perceived security that comes mm. with money. Mm. Yeah. That yeah. it's uh yeah. it's not sacrificing anything that I've done with my life in terms of ministry, but it's just subtle shifts that can yeah. be justified or explained away. Oh, I'm just trying to preserve or future that just kind of leads leads to me personally feeling like like mark four where he talks about you yeah. know the thorns and the thistles that choke out the word yeah. are people that are distracted by the cares and concerns of this life and so my temptation is that i become overly concerned with the equity value in my home and how i can use the heloc to secure a financial future i I start to think about all the things that we missed out on in yeah. terms of wealth building and leaving a financial security for my kids, which are noble and good That's things. Right. Yeah. But subtly, like those things that should be written on the page of my life in lowercase letters, suddenly they become written in capital letters. And I take the things that are central my commitment to the lord my devotion and love for him using my whole life for his glory and i find ways to push those things to the margins yeah that's yeah. good bro yeah chapter three chasing the wind all right bro um we're talking about you got it and right out the gate and you know in this episode we're talking through what it looks like to you know, run after what God has called you to, 
you know, the based on the disciples, you know, you got a video which you made a cameo in. Thank you for that. Um, your acting skills. First thing I was gonna ask you though is we're talking about going hard after what God has called you to. Uh, we met 2000. I want to say 2004. Uh, a very long time ago. I was a teenager, like 15, 16. Y'all was in college. I guess like, what did you think about me the first time we met? And then what did you think this was gonna be, this music? Cause like, sometimes I think back, like, I don't know what I thought it was gonna turn into, but it wasn't this. Like, I don't I don't think I thought like, oh, I'ma travel the world and you know, I'ma provide my family with this. I'ma have all these cool opportunities. I didn't. I don't know what I thought it was gonna be, but I definitely didn't think it was gonna be this. Um, so I guess, what'd you think when you met me? And then what did you think? I'm sure you didn't assume all this success was gonna happen the way it has. No, no clue. Um, I remember we met uh, backstage at Neotropolis, the Truths concert. Um, you went with your uh, famous godfather or uncle, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you wanna call him. Kurt uh, was always trying to put us on this stuff. I already yeah. love Truth. I never heard of y'all. So when y'all came on the stage, bro, I was like, oh, shoot, it's Southern and it's Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool seeing you backstage with Kirk Franklin. Um, you were dressed extremely fly for a, a teenage kid. Like, I felt bad. I feel like we discipled you into regressively dressing. Like, we, you went from fly to like 5X tall tees. You no. came back to fly, so we glad you you know you made full circle. See, but I think uh, I think you're just not giving me credit for the variety of my wardrobe at the time. I both had tall tees; it was too big, and button-up shirts; it was too big at the same time. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. My bad. I, did, I you know what? That might be it. Yeah. Now that might be it. We have been holding Tadashi back from who he could really be. He's that's the smartest true. person that we know. That man is a I, I'm like, you got in the Baylor. Yeah. That's not a small feat. Yeah. So, all right, but, but uh, Neotropolis. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you were backstage there. You, you, you know, you dressed, um, you know, fly for a teenager. Then you had um, invited Tadashi and I to your album release party, and uh, we went, you know, um, and uh, and I remember listening to your mixtape, and I thought, man, this dude is is dope he's his sound is dope it's authentic you killed a lot of demons on your mixtape but right. outside of that uh you, you i could hear the skill but i didn't have any visions of like man we're gonna travel the world and do all this kind of stuff my only thought process was like man you know uh this dude can really rap and then i wanted you to be around because you asked me about systematic theology and I was like, how does his brain, how does his 15, 16 year old brain work? I was like, he needs to, he can rap, he can be around us. And so as big as I thought we'd be is we could reach the entire city of Dallas <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the surrounding suburbs. <laughs> yeah, like not just South Dallas, bro. North Dallas, Woo! East Dallas, Woo! West East. Dallas, maybe even Plano. Yeah. What? Doing big things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. So so then like as your career grows, because for me, like, I, I this might be hard for people to grasp, but like this is nothing like what we thought was gonna happen. I mean, it really was like 
we love hip hop, we love Jesus, we want to see that represented. And so I guess mm -hmm. once your career starts really blowing up, you know, I can think of some key milestone moments like the BET Cypher was a just a wonderful moment for me. Like I can remember how excited I was both watching it and watching Twitter at the same time because it mm -hmm. felt like, yeah, this this is what we like th this is beyond what we could have dreamed of. We want to, you know, be unashamed right in the middle of culture, you know. And so stuff like that happens. I guess like since your motivations were no, nah, I just want to love Jesus and do it within hip hop, maybe even reach all of Dallas and it blows up way bigger than that. I guess what are some of the pools you started to feel? You know, was it like once stuff starts getting bigger, there's certain different things that are popping up in your mind and your motivations get challenged? I guess like what was that journey yeah. like? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, you know, anybody familiar with my story knows I didn't grow up with a lot of male role models. So that, that sense of like male affirmation really wasn't there for me. Matter of fact, I got most of my affirmation or most of my perspective on what I should look like and be like from hip hop. Yeah. And so the rappers were my North Star in a lot of ways as a young man. Yeah. And and so I'm trying to to mature as an adult simultaneously as a Christian. You know what I mean? Like, ah, I'm trying to like grow in both spaces. Yeah. And so it's difficult when you're a young kid who grew up on Buster Rhymes and now you're standing in front of him and he's telling you like, hey man, you're doing a great job. Come here, man. And he's affirming you and you're like, I like this. I want this. Yeah, bro. But then you also, are trying to grow in your faith and you're looking at the scriptures and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm where your identity and your worth is formed. And so that was a real pull, you know, and it's, and again, I'm, I'm in my early twenties. So this is a lot to just wrestle with as a young man. And I think maybe that's good. Cause I think maybe people would assume like, Oh, if you start being able to move in different circles, the temptation to your soul is just gonna be like, oh, it's just gonna be girls and you're gonna be tempted there, or it's just gonna be, I don't know, club life, strip club, I don't know, whatever people mm -hmm. think, rap, but you saying like the pulls that you felt were more around finding value and worth in other places. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't strip clubs or drugs. It was, it was definitely just an affirmation. It was definitely just wanting them to say, I matter. And yeah. I'm proud of you, and you're dope. I mean, can you? I mean, can you imagine you grow up on these rappers, and then one of them is like, "Yo, you, you're dope." You're like, ah! your head explodes. Yeah, you bro. know, um, and it's hard to reconcile that with the reality that God, the Creator of all of humanity, has also said, "Yes, you're dope." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I made you. It's like that that has to ground you and it, and it was difficult. Yeah, it's always like, it feels like, yeah, I know God has given me this and there's this, but this, that thing too, and it seems amazing. Like, do you mm -hmm. have any specific examples of times when, I don't know, like, it was shown not to be as amazing as you thought it was gonna be? Oh, plenty. Um, I mean, you know, you're chasing after what you believe is greatness. I remember reading this book called um, Rescuing Ambition. Yeah. Uh, and it was really helpful for me. And, it, and 
I was living it in real time because here I am with the number one album in the country. In the country, like not number one Christian album, like Maroon 5, my album was ahead of Maroon 5. And that was Anomaly, right? Anomaly, right. And, uh, And I get invited to the Rock Nation brunch and I'm like, I'm in here with all of these elite celebrities and and I realized like And it's the I, same week? Yeah. Well, the same year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So not the same week, same year. Yeah. Um and and the crazy part was this is I get to this party and I run into I remember running into Childish Gambino. And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, that's Childish Gambino right there. Donald Glover right there. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, whoa, he's hanging out with Will Smith's kids. And I, I nervously approach him and I'm like, hey, um, I just wanted to say I'm nominated in your category. My name is Lecrae. And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. Have a good one. Dang. And it was like, oh, that's it. Like there's nothing special happens. Like no rain we're not gonna hold hands and be all best friends i see kanye and kanye's like what do you do again and it's like this is this is it yeah like this is it this is what we waited so long for because that sounds like the pinnacle of the music world like what else could you do like there are some of my favorite artists of all time who've never had a number one album it's like that's why that sounds like you can't get higher than that and then you do that and it's still like what are you doing again? Like it didn't unlock some new level of satisfaction and joy in your life. No. You know what I'm saying? And that to me, no. like I love that story, bro, because it is showing the like sometimes that stuff that we think is out there that's better than what's over here is like it's really empty. Like there's there's really nothing there. It's like um, Ecclesiastes stuff, like Solomon, like hey, I had all of this, all these mm-hmm. things, and he just goes mm-hmm. through everything is like it's meaningless, chasing after wind. Literally, it, it. I was eating the wind, and that's what I like. When you're eating wind, you don't get full. Yeah. When you chase it, it's nothing there. Like so, so I think that's why artists or celebrities stay trying to be famous because they can't get full. They have to stay in front of people to get that. It's a drug. It's like a high. Yeah. And it never satisfies you, so you're constantly chasing it. So like. Yeah. I need another one. I need another number one. Another number one. Another number one. You can't stay on top forever. I mean, you could try, but yeah. you know. And no matter no matter what heights you climb to, there's still somebody who did more than you, who had more than you, who did it before. It's like, but you can't stop your brain from wanting to be like, okay, I did this. Now I gotta do this, and now I gotta find another way. Like I remember um, Michael Jackson being devastated by the sale. I remember reading about Michael Jackson being devastated by the sales of Bad because Thriller had come out before that. You know, greatest selling mm-hmm. album of all time. But we talking about bad, bro. You, like, this album has beat it. Bad, I mean, like, this is a, I think, um, the way you make me feel, like, all these songs, Jeez. which sold more than most artists could ever dream of, obviously, millions and millions and millions, probably still went double diamond or something. And he's disappointed because he's like, it's not enough for me to have had the best selling record of all time one time. You know what I'm saying? I need to do even better than that. And it's like, we just gonna keep yeah. chasing it. Um, do you have any specific examples of times when you, 
I don't know where on the other side of that, because part of it for me is like reminding myself, no, what the Lord does have for me. Because even the disciples in that time, it was like, yeah, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. So it's not just that there's not always amazing things out there. It's also what you have for me here is is so amazing. I don't need to go search for mm. something else. Do you have yeah. any examples of times where the Lord made that really clear to you? I can think right now is some people know, some people don't know, but I struggle with an anxiety disorder. Yeah. And I, it's been a struggle of mine for years. And um, when, it, when it first kind of really took shape, years back, it was extremely devastating because I didn't know what was happening to my body, to my brain. Yeah. And um, it would literally shut me down. It was crippling, like to the point where I couldn't even go outside. You know, it was like, I don't even want to go to the store. I can't. Yeah. The safest place I, I felt was kind of in my um, house where I generally do Bible study and pray yeah. or with my family. And um I just can remember saying to myself, I would trade every award, every dollar in my bank account for peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and it made me realize in that moment, what really mattered was not all of the external stuff. What really mattered was a sense of wholeness and health and peace. And when God really started to bring me through that and help me to manage that disorder, I realized what really was valuable to me. And that was my family, my community and my relationship with the Lord. And those were the things that were like, man, this is really the the best thing ever. This is the beauty. Like you could keep all the other stuff. If I got this, I'm really good. And, um, and that's just, it's, it's sobering. And I, I wish I could have realized that prior to, I mean, I had moments, of course, where you realize that prior to wrestling with with the disorder. But I think sometimes it is in our weakness. We recognize God's strength and and the beauty that he has for us. Yeah, that's good, bro. Last thing I ask, because I'm sure there are times when you felt like you lost sight of it and you started to feel the pull and had to look back, I guess, like, Mm. what does it look like? to try to recalibrate when you realize like, oh, maybe I, I kind of lost it for a second and I was being kind of drifting towards something else, mm-hmm. imagining that it was better. Because all of us, like, w- wherever we are, we're always feeling all these pulls and there's all this stuff that looks better that we kind of find ourselves drifting after. How do you get to like, oh, I, I'm trying to be back on the right track, running full speed after, what does that look yeah. like? Or what has it looked like? Yeah. I've, I've gone off track uh, quite a few times. Uh, you, my driving skills are pretty bad if, if, uh, <laughs> if we're trying to stay on track. Yeah. But, um, but I think the first lie, because that's one of the ways the enemy, you know, he's the accuser, yeah. right? And he wants to come in accusatory and tell you, you should not even get back on track. God don't want to have nothing to do with you because you are gone. Yeah. The first lie you have to work through is that lie. Yeah. Um, that the the resurrection has given you the ability to get back on track yeah. and 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 the spirit of God um, lives within you and can help you. And so um, I, I, I can think of probably the 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 worst time for me was around 2016. Yeah. And um, and I wrestled with my faith altogether because I just didn't know what was up or down. And I just I was wandering, yeah. you know, just drifting and. Um, 
And man, what I realized is even in looking at Job, you know, reading Job and how he was saying all kinds of crazy stuff to God or looking at David and some of the Psalms and he's just like, God, where are you at? Why are you forsaking me? God still chose to put those verses in the scriptures, right? And so that encouraged me that God would allow these mere little humans to voice their struggles and he puts them in the scriptures so we could see it. That encouraged me to say, you know, keep talking to God, keep wrestling because God is allowing me to wrestle and he does want me in his arms and he wants me to keep moving forward. And so what, what ended up happening for me was um, I just, you know, I went on a pursuit and I just said, you know, it's like the gym for me. It was kind of like I had been out of the gym for so long and it's hard to get back in there and start working out again. But once you do, you do get back into a rhythm and it is sweet. And it is like, and you're like, why did I ever stop this? Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what was I thinking? Um, and God is so gracious and merciful that he's not like, Oh, now you want to come back? Oh, now you want to get back on track? He's yeah. he's more like been waiting for you, prodigal father. Like, yeah. been waiting for you. Come on, let's do it. Let's run. And um, you know, I think from 2016 to 2018, it was a rough ride, but 2018 to now, it's been beautiful, man. It's been beautiful because God just keeps sustaining me little by little, bit by bit. It's not like he just like made it all beautiful and everything went away it's like every day it's some he gives me enough you know enough to keep going and to keep going and um yeah man so that's that's where i find myself that's amazing thank you so much nah thank you bro uh excited for what you got going on i don't know what this is exactly but i'm I'm glad you're doing it (laughs) i I think it's gonna be dope i think it's gonna be dope all right (laughs) uh i i hope london goes good bro yeah, you. appreciate it, bro. Though I did forget to make fun of you again for when we was in England. Uh, oh, what year yo. did you say you thought it was? Uh, 2013. 2013. We was on tour, me, you, Tadashi, show, uh, DJ Official, and we was on stage in Manchester, I think. And uh, and you up there, you rapping, and then you talking in between. And then me and show look at each other, we like, is this who? Is he talking in a British accent right now? And uh, you were. And after the show, we was like, Craig, what? It wasn't a good one either, by the way. And after, <laughs> I was going to ask you, how was my British accent? It was awful. It was terrible. It wasn't even like a top boy. It was like he was trying to be the queen of England. I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't think they even talk like that here. But uh, and me and Joe Edge like, bro, why was you doing that? And he was like, I didn't even. No, I wasn't. He was like, dog. You was talking in a British accent, and uh, you didn't even know you was doing it. It was one of my highlights of my career. There's a whole philosophy on that that I read about online. Like people really don't know they're doing this. Like you're trying to mirror people to make them comfortable, and you don't realize it. And it it has backfired on me in multiple occasions. And so <laughs> I, I'm fighting through that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, bro. I appreciate your time. Man's, man's got to do what man's got to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in. There's like a sense of peace and rest 
that's available for me in Jesus that sometimes I will search for elsewhere. Mm. You know, that I think if I really want to be at peace, I need this. Uh, And what that this is sometimes for someone like me who's sick is a lot of time it's health. It's mm. like in my mind, I'm like, no, you know what would fix all my problems Mm. is if I was healthy. Mm. If like I woke up and I knew how many hours I had in the day. Right. If I could like plan to hang out with someone on Wednesday and then I could do it. You <laughs> right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. And I can convince myself of that. Um, and then like for me also it's I've never been an insecure person. Right. I, I feel like I was never insecure for real until more recently after 15 years of wrestling with my health stuff mm. where I'm finally like, I don't know if I could do nothing. You know what I'm saying? And where I find myself more in ways I never used to, like, you know, fixating on how people view me in different ways. Mm. And what I find myself doing is feeling like there's a, there's a, like my peace feels disturbed because not only was I not able to follow through, but I'm worried they think I'm flaky. Uh, and so what I'll chase after is it's like, no, let me prove to everyone that I'm not flaky. Right. Let me prove to everyone mm. that, that I'm, I can follow up on things. I can follow through. I can do it. Uh, um, and what it's doing is it's me um, saying, no, Jesus, the peace that you've offered me, the rest you've offered me, mm. that's actually not sufficient. Yeah. I need to go get some more peace. And the way for me to go get some more peace is to prove to everyone that I can follow through on stuff, that I am strong enough to do stuff, that, right. to show them they, they shouldn't write me off. I can still mm. do this or that. Um, and it's sneaky because, like you're saying, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's a good thing for me right. to be a man of my word. It's yeah. a good thing for me to be able to be reliable and dependable. Yeah. But as soon as I elevate it to I can't have peace unless I have that. Right, right, right. And unless they know. Yeah. Then yeah, at that point, I've just told Jesus that the peace He gives me isn't sufficient. I gotta go find some more. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's not a thing that we say explicitly. Like yeah, that's right. You don't wake up and that's say, right. "All right, hey Jess, yeah. what do you have planned for today?" Yeah. Oh no, no, me. I shall not have peace unless I prove to everybody that that's I'm, right. right. We don't say it, but it, yes. but it comes up right, and it's uh, yeah. I found like the best way to identify those like loves is to like pull on the thread of your fears or yeah. your anxieties. Like what are the things that have me yeah. unnerved when I get short with, you know, Chandra? Yeah. Like, yo, why? Like, yeah. oh no, no, no. I'm like, I'm not just short with her because she made me late to this thing, right? Yeah. Because we've been married 15 years and she's gonna make me late to things, right? I'm short with her because she made me late to this thing. And now that I'm late to this thing, somebody's gonna think that I'm not punctual and on top of my stuff. And what I really value is their high opinion of me. And now I feel like- That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a mature response to when you feel yourself doing that. It's like, oh wait, why am I like that in these moments? So that I can like, it's the benefit of knowing, you know, getting to know yourself better. Yeah, so one of the 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 issues with with having those like things that we need and obviously the disciples is like you have the words of eternal life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So they they are very much thinking of like, no, you're the one who has these words that can give me eternal life. You are the son of God. No one else can do that, obviously. Mm. But for us that you know, that's not the only thing that Jesus offers and only he has. Right. But once we we've decided 
your peace isn't enough or your rest isn't enough or your words aren't enough. Mm. It really changes how we make decisions. Right. Like, mm. And how we move in the mm. world. It's like, so if I'm like obsessed with making sure everyone knows I'm whatever, uh, dependable, right. then in my interactions with people, instead of thinking about how can I love them, uh, I'm thinking, what I'm really doing is I'm using them to give myself extra peace and security. That's good. Like it shapes what our obedience, the way we mm. move looks like. Yeah. We, we become really needy in a way that we're trying to get for ourselves something we think we need for our peace. Right. Meanwhile, Jesus is like, I already gave you that. Right, 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 right. I have it right here. Right, yeah. Um, in terms of like running after what God has called us to, having a good, secure sense of what Jesus has for us and offers us and gives us freely is really helpful. Right. Because then we don't feel the need to go find that stuff elsewhere. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about reading the Gospels is, man, Jesus just be like going around promising nice things to people. Right. He's just like, hey, I, I, I'm the, um, I'm the living water. Right. If you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. Mm. He's like, hey, come get pleasures forevermore. I got it. Right? Right. He's like, oh, come to me, all you who are weary. I'll give yeah. you rest for your soul. He just keeps just going around promising amazing things for yeah. people. And it's like, I don't know. It's like obvious it's Jesus. But sometimes mm. it's just like, man, he just keeps offering all this amazing stuff. And he's like, oh, not only that, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. Right. Literally just let go of that and come after me. Yeah. And here's all the stuff I have for you now. The road will be tough. Right. You know, you have to take up your cross. But he's like, but here's what I have for you. Ah, that's good. So to where like scripture tells us to, I don't know, lay stuff down, die to ourselves. It's never trading in joy for sorrow. <laughs> right. It's right. trading in this particular joy that seems joyful to you. Yeah. For an even greater joy, joy. that yeah. lasts forever. Mm. And it's like, oh, yeah, I rock with Jesus. This is what he does. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, nah in motivating us to come after him. And I think this is a thing that I'm con- continuing to learn. The incentives for obedience are a greater motivating factor yeah. than the disincentives of disobedience. That's good. Right? Like yeah. we often try to motivate ourselves to obey yeah. by looking at the consequences of disobedience yeah. instead of saying, no, 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 no. Those are true, and they are a motivating factor, yeah. but a greater motivating factor, right? The premium unleaded yeah. is the incentives of yeah. obedience. Like, no, when we obey and when we do say, no, God, you do have the words of, yeah. of life, right? It's not, we're not just avoiding a dangerous road, but we're traveling down a one that leads to a... Yeah. A happy ending. Yes. What he has for us is always better. Right. It's like always, right. It's always yeah. better mm. in every case. Right. The In Those Podcast is presented by Our Daily Bread's Voices Collection. And that Voices Collection is meant to share black Christian stories of faith um, through resources and conversations all bible centered to help try to make god's word understandable for everybody and accessible to everybody so if you want to know more about our daily bread's voices collection you can go to experiencevoices.org